This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 9th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. As the Bush presidency approaches its final year, what will dominate the Bush legacy? Glenn Greenwald, in his new book, A Tragic Legacy, How a Good versus Evil Mentality Destroyed the Bush Presidency, argues that by casting so many issues as absolute moral struggles, Bush has significantly damaged honest public debate. Greenwald argues that Bush's intractable positions on the war in Iraq and engagement with Iran have not been based on pragmatism, but on a moral crusade. I spoke with him prior to his book forum this week. Before September 11th, the number one topic on Bush's plate, as I recall, was stem cells. And I thought that he gave every indication of trying to navigate both sides of that debate in sort of a mealy mouth sort of way. My memory may be flawed, but it seems like he was trying to craft a compromise, which seems to differ somewhat with what you argue in your book. But given how he's treated that issue more recently with his first presidential veto, it would seem that even on that issue, he has become polarized. Was 9-11 the big, the big turning point there for polarizing Bush? Absolutely, I think it was. And, and actually, one of the points that I make in the book, and the thing that interested me most about his presidency was, if you look at even the post-9-11 behavior in the immediate aftermath, weeks and, and even months after September 11th, you read his speeches, and it really is a different George Bush. So this is a, a president who who was elected with with many fewer votes than than his opponent, and 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 had very low approval ratings before September 11th, and and the country unified behind him for not just days or even weeks, but for over a year or a year and a half. And the reason is because he took a very restrained approach to September 11th. There was no warmongering vows or or pledges of unrestrained aggression. It was it was always we understand that this is a small and extreme as group. And most importantly, as we pursue them, we will never abandon our own values. This is a, a, a fight in order to defend American values. And, and, and so I think even in the immediate aftermath of 9-11, there was a much more restrained and, 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 and balanced approach. It only became more absolute as the good versus evil template that applied to 9-11 began being applied to virtually every conflict, both foreign and domestic. Bush applied that idea of us and them in a lot of domestic ways from uh, to terrorists, from terrorists all the way down to his political opponents. But isn't that really just sort of the same type of posturing that all politicians do? No, it isn't. And, and certainly it's the case that there's always been hardcore partisan wrangling in, in this country and, 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 and very aggressive and even vicious political tactics. But the idea that you have to pledge virtually undying and blind loyalty to the president, lest you be deemed to be not only an unintentional, a better of the enemy, but really an enemy yourself, is it may be an idea that has lurked on the fringes of our political culture. But for that idea to be the central principle of, of our federal government and of the president of the United States is, is absolutely unprecedented. And, and if you go back and look at the attempt to actually debate whether, for example, we ought to invade Iraq, the overwhelming predominant theme was that even those who want to debate it are engaging in an act of assisting evil. And, and that I do think is, is, is certainly rare, if not unprecedented. Well, here we are now sort of at the end in the lame duck part of President Bush's uh, presidency. And you argue that he has, in a sense, sort of boxed himself in with his very rigid statements, very rigid actions. But Iraq and Iran are still looming large on his plate, and the administration seems unwilling to engage Iran, absent some sort of very, very particular specific actions by Iran shutting down their energy programs. 
do you think that Bush has an opportunity, in a sense, to redeem himself by going against that policy and engaging Iran in some sort of talks? Theoretically, if, if Bush were to suddenly reverse course and abandon his decree, which is now five years old, that Iran is the embodiment of evil, and sit down and engage with the Iranians and, and develop a rapprochement, um, certainly that would be a positive mark on his legacy. Of course, the Iranians tried to do exactly that in, in 2003, and, and the Bush administration not only rebuffed it, but insulted the offer. And, and had they accepted it, things would probably be much different right now in the Middle East and, and for our country. But the issue is the the premise of, of George Bush is that his crusade is grounded in moral certainty. And so the idea that he will re-examine moralistic premises, such as Iran is on the side of evil and, and therefore can't be negotiated with, is 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 really fictitious. Um, if if he abandoned fundamentally the way he looks at the world, it would be possible to reach a rapprochement with, with Iran. But I, I don't think there's any indication that we're headed in that direction and, and many indications that we're headed in the opposite direction of increasing belligerence and, and provocation. Even Ronald Reagan, while decrying the Soviet Union as an evil empire, did meet with Gorbachev and they had what ultimately turned out to be very productive discussions why is it so impossible for Bush to allow that possibility in, in this discussions of people that he deems to be uh, evil? I think it's a fundamentally different approach to the world. People try and compare Bush and Reagan, and, and there's a superficial comparison in the fact that Reagan famously labeled the Soviet Union the evil empire, and, and people try and equate that with the axis of evil speech. But you're absolutely right. Ronald Reagan not only negotiated with Gorbachev, but in every speech that he gave, he made clear that his objective, his, his strong preference, was a, a, a negotiated peace with the Soviet Union. He met repeatedly with Gorbachev to negotiate it. And in fact, many of the same people who throw around the, the standard neoconservative insults of, of you're being an appeaser and, and you're being like Neville Chamberlain, a lot of them cast those same aspersions at Ronald Reagan as a result of his, what they perceive to be, excessive willingness to negotiate with the Soviet Union. But Ronald Reagan did not look at the world in terms of absolute moralism. He looked at the world in terms of a pragmatism and a desire to protect the United States. George Bush is not looking at the world pragmatically. He's looking at it moralistically, and that's what makes it so much more absolutist. That's Glenn Greenwald, author of the book, A Tragic Legacy, How a Good versus Evil Mentality Destroyed the Bush Presidency. His Cato Book Forum by the same name is available at our website, cato.org.